Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Aron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking evolving through fitness and nutrition with Brian and Sarah. Brian and Sarah, what's up? How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Peachy. Peachy. <laughs> Suffering after one of Nicole's workouts, you know. <laughs> so, Nicole, I think it's appropriate for you to introduce Brian and Sarah since they are your lovely clients. Yes. Well, Brian and Sarah have been, well, Sarah has been my client, I think, over 10, maybe 10 years, about 10 years, around over 10 years. No, I think we're only at eight right now. Maybe oh, at eight. Seven. Okay. Okay. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. I add in extra years in cat life. Yeah. A, a long time. Let's just say that. And part of the reason why I wanted to have them on to the podcast was because of the multi layers behind their fitness journey, both as individual clients and then as a married couple, because Brian and Sarah, a husband and wife now. So oh. I, I feel like there's a lot to talk about. So I think this is a great episode because we get the client testimonial piece to it. And I think that adds value to people's perception of nutrition coaching and fitness and nutrition, and they get to see it through your eyes. Mm -hmm. So kind of where I want to start is, I guess, Sarah, your journey started before Brian's, right? Actually, it didn't. Brian started way before I even had met him. Ah. Uh, my mm. coaching journey started before his, but he had been, I mean, I'll let Brian explain. Uh, yeah. I got, I was always like very skinny and thin. And then um, college changed that as it does for most people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, mainly it was, I kind of, I, I can't remember maybe the year, maybe it was like 2008-ish or nine. And I got a, a membership at like the Y, but didn't know what I was doing. I just was there. <laughs> and then eventually at one point I, I felt like a tub of goo. So I started doing like the beach body stuff like p90x and uh sean t all that mm -hmm. and it worked it was fine but that was i just kind of lived in the world where i would get fit and then feel good and then be like all right i did it i won fitness and then <laughs> and then go do whatever i wanted for three months and lose all of it and then just cycle 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 mm-hmm so when i met brian i had been dancing professionally for a number of years and that was my only workout. So dance rehearsals, and that was it. And then Brian at one point was like, have you ever tried to go to the gym? And I <laughs> laughed, I did a deep belly laugh. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. My, my coaching journey, I found Nicole shortly thereafter. And then it was a game changer from there. So wait, Sarah, was Nicole like your first, were you working out before that? Or did you just go straight to Nicole? No, I went straight to Nicole. A friend of a mutual friend of ours introduced yeah. us. It was also a dancer. Group workouts with a couple friends. Mm -hmm. And then I got so hooked on the feeling that working out gave me and the information that I was getting. I totally nerded out and Nicole entertained all of my questions. <laughs> so I got hooked real quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I think from a dance background, obviously our listeners know that I come from the dance world first as well. So I think when I met Sarah, did you have, you had static noise at that point, right? Director at the time. So this was a dance company and we took a bunch of her dance friends and kind of turned it into a group and started just working on getting lifting into the dance community part of their life. And then from there, we started training. I was thinking back when I was going through some of the pictures, when we said we were going to, we were going to get you on the podcast, I went through all my pictures and we started training, I believe, if I remember correctly, at my apartment building complex in Chestnut Hill, it was Mm -hmm. this tiny little personal, um, like a gym in the apartment complex. And we did, we had so much fun, man. It was so great. It was like, so that's where that started. And then honestly, it just kind of blossomed from there, from a coaching standpoint, from my end, and then for them as clients. Yeah, I sort of traveled with you, Nicole, as you opened up the EFT. <laughs> Bounce around from place to place. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I guess the question I want to ask you is what are some of the things that you've learned throughout your journey in fitness? I I, you know, the reason why I wanted to call this episode Evolving Through Fitness with you guys is or through fitness and nutrition is because there's a bigger picture, right? That somewhere along the way you kind of catch that bigger picture and you're like, all right, like this is lifestyle and this is something that I do forever. What have you guys learned in the process and what was really the turning point for you? So I think everyone jumps into fitness, hoping for some kind of aesthetic result. And at first I did get an aesthetic result. And that was what was like, oh, I can change my body by doing something I love, which is working out. And then as I asked more questions and learned more about the nutrition aspect of fitness, um, I realized that it's not just an aesthetic thing. I just felt really good. And I felt really different than I had felt in the last 10 years of my life. So I didn't know that I was feeling crappy until I was feeling better. (laughs) And as I went through different periods of my life, I realized that fitness was a great grounding constant in my life that helped me feel good no matter what was going on on the outside. No matter the chaos that was happening in my life, I could help control and I could help work on my own fitness to make myself feel good no matter what. Brian? I don't remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the things that you've learned throughout the, pro- throughout the process of your fitness journey? And you know, how have you kind of evolved in that? Um, so I was like, I was kind of a spoiled little brat for a bunch of years because my snapback game was like real. So if I really wanted to, to, and it was all aesthetic, if I wanted to feel good, look good, I just would for a month, go jump in the gym, do one of my beach body workouts, whatever it was, stop eating garbage and a month and a half or so I was back. I think that was kind of something that you shouldn't expect. (laughs) And I was spoiled for a while with that. And I think the big, the big thing that I learned now or know now and learned is as my body stopped responding to that and I got older and it, there, the snapback game wasn't just a month and a half. It was two months, three months, a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw different ways to approach it and I guess sort of like trick your body, tr- train it differently. And because a lot of the time, like I said, I was a, a little skinny mini And I was basically just like losing weight. And I think when I first did P90X, I was like 175 pounds. Today, I think 
at some point within the last year or so, my body fat has been as low as it was when I did P90X, but I was never lower than like 205 pounds. That's a big part of what I've learned along the way is back then I thought it was just like, oh, get rid of the fat and whatever's left, we're good. Like we're cool. <laughs> but I've definitely learned that there's a, a different way to go about it. And I like it more now. I don't want to be 175 pounds. I looked like I was, I was homeless and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I so, also have to say, I also have to say that when I was dancing and I was rehearsing four or five, sometimes six times a week, I felt fit. I never start. I didn't start fitness because I felt like I didn't look as good as I could. I didn't feel as good as I could. I just started because I was looking for a new way to get healthy and to stay healthy as I was getting older. So it was never like I looked at something on social media and felt like I needed to change myself for any reason. But the minute that I started to see change and to feel change, that's when I knew I was like, oh, I'm onto something here for sure. I think the feeling part is something that oftentimes people take for granted and they don't realize how good they can feel in that journey. Right. right. But I do want to backtrack a little bit, Brian, to you, because you mentioned now you're at 205, same, basically same body fat and calorically you can eat more. Hell correct. Yeah. Nicole, I mean, you know mm-hmm. how much th- these guys are eating. So calorically you can eat more, you have more energy, you have more fuel. And it's just got to be a game changer. I mean, I've seen the pictures of you now. I'm like, you're not a skinny 175 pound person. (laughs) And I mean, that to me is kind of part of the big thing is back then I would lose the fat. I would lose the weight. I'd be skinny. But then it was very easy to get it back because when I started eating as much as my body kind of felt like it required, then I would just gain it, gain it back instantly. Where now, like Nicole's got me, I can just, I eat. That's right. I go out and rub. And there was a point where like numbers wise, this was always a mark for me was there was a point when I was up at like two, 210 to 215. I like had to adjust and go back to wearing like my XL clothes to fit into them and like my quote unquote fat clothes. And we all have fat clothes. (laughs) We all got winter clothes. (laughs) So that's what it used to be for me when I would hit that weight. And then like now I'm not uh, 205. Now I'm probably closer to 215 mm-hmm. and above. And all of my large, my my like skinny jeans, all like all this stuff fits better than it ever did, even when I was like 195 or 200, right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So a big thing for me is like that weight change is sort of a stark thing in my mind, just because I feel so much better. Everything fits so much better. I can eat so much more, which I love. And just overall, I, in my mind, I never thought you could be that and also like have that weight. I mean, that makes sense. essentially what we've done here, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, is that we've changed our, the body, the composition of our body over yeah. the last however many years, because I've been working with Nicole for 10 years or whatever, and you have never cut my calories unless it was a couple of weeks and it was for a specific, you know, trip or photo shoot or performance or something. I always got fed more calories and I, again, my clothes would fit better. I would lose the body fat. It was really fascinating. That's another big thing that I've learned on this journey is how to change the composition of your body. It's actually talking about eating. Cause that's originally like what you had just asked me. The, one of the funny things is I had like one day I sat down and I had some like over 
I think 25 ounces of like ground turkey. And I was just like, I need to eat. I'm hungry, whatever. Cooked it up and sent like a picture of it to one of my friends. And he was like, it is impossible <laughs> for you to eat that. That There is no way you can sit down and eat that much food. That's a lot of food. <laughs> it, it is a lot of food. But like I hadn't, I mean, there's more to it. I hadn't eaten a ton earlier, whatever. But my other friend was like, no, I've, I've seen him sit down and he can, like, he can grub. And I was not like that before. Like I can sit and grub now and it doesn't, it doesn't hit me. It doesn't feel like, oh, I don't feel sluggish and gross after I just be eaten. <laughs> or, or I remember this moment, Nicole, right before my, my wedding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, a week before my wedding, how low do I need to bring my calories? And you were like, what? No, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Drink the water, eat the cat. So on the day of my wedding, we're getting ready. My bridesmaids are like, oh, you're probably not eating, right? I'm like, what? Oh no, my trainer said I need to eat today. And <laughs> it's the leanest that I have felt and looked. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Dr. Gabrielle Lyon on Instagram, but she always posts, she's like a muscle centric physician. And she always posts this quote, I think from herself, you're not over fat, you're under muscled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that realization that when you build muscle, your body composition, like you're saying, is going to change and your body's going to shape and form. And, you know, the biggest thing is it's going to function better. Yes. Right. And that's the realization that we want for all of our clients and all of our listeners is that your body will function better and work for you if you build muscle, eat the right foods, have nutrient density, drink adequate water, like all of these things. And you take that step-by-step habit-based approach to get there and have those realizations. It's not a short-term thing. Right. Yeah. It's a journey. It's a health and wellness journey. It's not let's, you know, lose 10 pounds in a couple of months and then call it a day. Yeah. And I think the biggest piece too, from the coaching side is all of the conversations that Brian and I have had and Sarah and I have had in our coaching process of educating them as to the reason why that's the best way to approach things. To Brian's point, you've done all of the P90X and all that stuff before and you've gained and lost and gained and lost and now things aren't working anymore. So what's the next step? How can we take this further and make your body function for you instead of against you so that this isn't something that you ever have to go back and forth with again? This is now a forever process and your body will function more optimally for the best. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I guess I want to ask you is, Sarah, for you, I know we talked offline about how Brian came onto the coaching later. How did that change from you on your journey before and then you on your journey after Brian started coaching? I mean, Brian, again, Brian was always into fitness, but the way that I was going about fitness was much different than him. And as I was learning about nutrition, macros, Uh, nutrient density, quality of food. And as I was learning about programming and following a progressive program that was specialized and catered and individualized to me, it was quite difficult going about it because there were times that I felt like I was alone. And it's not because Brian was ever unsupportive. He was always very supportive, but I was just on a, I was doing it and approaching it from a different perspective. We were very different. We were very, very different. And I am such a nerd and I had a million questions and I always wanted to ask a million questions. And then I would want to talk about everything that I (laughs) 
And I love you, Brian, so much, but you really had no interest in me <laughs> talking about all of the, the macros. And today I learned that even if something is low calorie, it's not low carb and blah, blah, blah. So there were times when I really felt like I was on this island and Nicole's phone blew up every day because she was my biggest support at the time. Well, I don't think, I don't think it's that I wasn't talking about those. Th it's just, I didn't care for us to have the conversation. Right. Like I wasn't interested in <laughs> us discussing fitness things just because like I was someone who at the time very much, I don't, I'm still kind of like this. I don't like to be bothered when I'm working out. I don't like to. Yeah, you didn't want to work out together. I still don't. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, wait, wait, wait. I don't. I don't blame you. I mean, I don't blame like, you. Go in the gym, do my own thing. Like, you know, I, I put on the headphones. I'm gone. I'm yeah. transported. But I think the big thing for me is you were never someone that was motivated, or I don't want to say self motivated, but you would need someone to kind of give you that boot in the butt. Where I didn't have as much of a problem as like being like I have to do these even though it's P90X, I have to go downstairs. I have to go mm -hmm. put on the video. I have to go do it. Mm -hmm. And then it became competition for me. So I'm like competing mm -hmm. on what I did last week or yesterday or whatever. And so I was very fine with home workouts and all of that. So it was very separate what we were doing. Right. And that's the other thing too, which I've heard from you, Nicole, and oh, other yeah. coaches is that at the time I hadn't built the discipline yet. I needed the motivation. Mm. I needed, you know, I needed so much more because I was basically at the beginning of my journey and yeah. I, I hadn't built those habits yet that I needed. Yeah. I so, also think, I will say this just to interject is what's very interesting from a male female dynamic. And I find this with a lot of clients, females ask questions and want to know more before they make the decision where males, literally the difference between the two of them, and I can say this right out loud, I can tell Sarah, this is what we're going to do in our coaching strategy for the next month. And she has to have a little bit more support and reassurance and answer the questions to, to really think it through. This is, this is the difference between coaching two different people. So her motivation and drive and reassurance comes differently. I have to speak to her differently. Brian, I seriously can say, eat six ounces of protein, drink your water, get your workouts in, do the work, hashtag do the work yeah. and get to it. And he just, I don't hear from him. It's done. It's just <laughs> happened. <laughs> so from a male perspective, I, I will say that that is a very different dynamic in terms from a coaching side of who, how I need to support each of you individually. And for our listeners, I think that this is important because we've talked about this before, Daron, what type of a person are you in terms of what do you need from the coach to help you be successful? That's really important. Well, I think for Brian, it was more a direction thing, yeah. right? Like give me the direction to go in mm -hmm. and, yeah. and teach me the direction that I need to go in and I'll do it. And then Sarah, for you, it sounds like it was more like, Hey, I got you. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm here with you through the process. Text exactly. me. Let, let me know anything that you need. So and how do I have my full-time job? a second job, a third job on the weekends, grad school, how do I also fit in my workouts and eating a certain way? I mean, in a new way, I've been eating the same way for my entire life. How do I change that? And it was a really cool process when Brian and I finally sort of equalized um, yeah. and sort of found a balance. And I think I, I will say I probably would need, if I had started at the same time, like you did, I probably would have needed the same sort of handhold way 
to be like, all right, listen, this is what we got to do, blah, 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 blah. But because I, I already was like used to knowing when it comes to this, I, there's no choice. I have to get up. I have to do it. It has yeah. to be done. So I think because I had been doing it for a while, you just were bringing me the newer, better, correct information <laughs> that I could use. And you were just like, hey, go do this. And I was like, yes, sir, I'm on. And <laughs> you can easily just run off and go do that because I know this is what I need to be doing. Where before, I definitely would have needed the same kind of extra yeah, love. Mm-hmm. I, was extra just- love. I want to kind of hear from you guys. I guess, what was the most difficult part of this journey for you? So I feel like, again, over the last couple of years, my life has been very up and down. My biggest struggle is dealing with big change in my life. And it takes me a long time to cope with change and adjust to change. And I had to prepare for it and have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C. And understanding how to continue my fitness journey through those ebbs and flows of life, is, is that's my biggest challenge to date. It still is challenging. I know how to mitigate it better now, but that I think that's my biggest challenge. For example, I'm a school teacher and after summer break is over in September, I always experience a very big change in my stress levels, my sleep, my everything. It just it feels different at the beginning of the school year. And every single year, Nicole and I have a conversation about what are we going to do with your gym schedule, with your workout program, with your nutrition to make sure that you don't feel like a stress ball from September to December. And I just want to backtrack it for a second because you guys are both pretty busy, right? Yeah. 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 So, and, and like Sarah, Sarah, because Sarah, like you mentioned, like all the things that you were doing, like I was in grad school, I was working a bunch of jobs. I was like, yeah. and I, one of the things that I often hear is I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bullshit, you don't have time. You turn off squid games or whatever you're watching. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I just I just posted on Instagram today. I'm like, what is squid games? Like I haven't everybody's posting about it, but should I get into it? I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I have no idea. I have I'm no idea what it is. So <laughs> I oh, we're too busy. But, but anyway, the point of the point that I'm trying to make is, yes, I, it's it's not about do you have time? It's about are mm-hmm. you prioritizing time? And I, I say that over and over and over and over again, because anytime somebody tells me they don't have time, I don't care if you're CEO. I know other CEOs that are waking up every morning and working out or working out after work or doing what they need to do to take care of their bodies and their health and their wellness and their fitness and their mental health too, because I'm a big believer that you perform better mentally when you are fit and healthy. Mm -hmm. So perfect segue for me to answer is exactly that. My struggle is if I, is not necessarily falling off, but if I do, is the the mental aspect of not being pissed at me for having fallen off. Because a lot of, like my nature and everything I do is just sort of like competitive and not necessarily with other people, but just myself and trying to do more, be better, find ways to do something better or whatever, whatever it is I'm doing. And it's become sort of a thing that I've realized when I feel better fitness wise. And even if it's just like being able to look in the mirror or look at how your shirt fits and feel good about it, then every, the whole rest of my day is the energy is different. I mean, you, your job is so creative. And I feel like unless you're feeling good about, let's say your workout in the morning, yeah. you didn't get to the gym the day before, if you 
you know, had too much booze the night before, your creativity is impacted. Because my, because it, it's in my head and that's what right. I'm thinking about rather than what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's become sort of a thing where working out, fitness, all that is sort of my base, is sort of, mm-hmm. it's- It's a big you. Yeah, and that's why getting up and doing it in the morning is, works for me best because the first thing I'll do is get up, go to the gym and it's immediately- it's something you control. It's something that you accomplish. You know, it's like every morning, every no one loves just getting up and thinking about all the work they have to do. No one wants to just roll out and go to the gym. But like, there's something about getting up, accomplishing it. And then afterwards, that feeling, then that sets me into a different Mm-hmm. stratosphere so now the rest of the day I come home I got energy I'm bumping Motown in the living room <laughs> ready to work like we're ready to do whatever and conquer the world so I think the hardest thing for me and Nicole knows this last month was the first time probably since we started working together where I had I just kept getting kicked literally in the teeth <laughs> <laughs> I had a bunch of dental issues and pain and stuff that kind of knocked me out to where I couldn't go workout and I couldn't do this. I couldn't eat the way I wanted to eat because I was getting teeth removed and root can all this other stuff. And so for a month, I kind of fell off the path and eventually caught myself one day at the gym, kind of half assing it and then started beating myself up over it. And that was when I realized I'm not in a good spot for this. And like, and that sort of was the quote unquote handhold moment where Nicole had to give me more than just go do this. Mm-hmm that was kind of, that's what is my hard part is sort of the mental game of it, of not beating myself up because I might've slipped a bit on the banana peel. I didn't fall, but like, I just, I lost my balance for a second. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an interesting dynamic too, because when it comes from me, it's very different than when it comes from you, Nicole. Yeah. Right. I can say the same thing, but it feels much different when it's coming from a professional, a coach, an, a, an outside party where mm-hmm. I can tell you to like, stop beating yourself up, get back on it. You know what to do. You have your program, you know, and it's just different. Yeah, so, could, absolutely. My wife, you got to say nice stuff. Nicole could be me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, I think, I think that it's your, it, when your perspective shifts, you start being less and less hard on yourself because you're like, Hey, I'm in this for the long game anyway. So, you know, even if I had a month off, I'm going to get right back on it. And this is my life now. It's not something that I'm going to, if I'm slacking a little bit now, it doesn't mean I'm going to be slacking forever. We all go through those ebbs and flows. Yeah. Do you guys kind of almost touched up on it a little bit? So I do want to segue into this. How does that, I guess your achievements or your results or your experience in fitness and nutrition, how does that bleed into other areas of your life? I mean, it's such a cliche thing. It affects every part of my life. And it's what Brian just said is that when I'm feeling good and I'm feeling confident about my accomplishments in the gym and my preparedness in the kitchen, and then I feel freer and I feel lighter to make the decision to spontaneously go out to dinner on a Friday night you know, or to go and buy a new pair of pants or whatever, like probably leggings. Let's be real. It's just, it's, it's a de-stressor, right? The minute that I figured out that this journey going to the gym is, it shouldn't be a stressful thing. It's a de-stressor, whether it's in the moment or later on. And it just puts you in a much, much better headspace. 
And what you had said earlier, when clients tell you that they just don't have time, I was like that for a long time because I, re I really didn't have time. But then I figured out what I need to prioritize to make myself feel good, be creative, be my most productive self and be my best self. And I had to drop one of those things. I think that's yeah. the key right there yeah. that you just touched up on that, that, that doing that, and this is where I say kind of bleeds into other areas of your life. Like you work harder in the other areas of your life as well. Right. right? And you're just more efficient. And this is what mm -hmm. I try to explain to people all the time is like, you are going to have more time and you're going to find more time because you're just going to be a lot more efficient of a human being because you're taking care of your body. Yeah. And you learn the things that are important to you. You learn the people that are important to you in different ways. You learn to set these boundaries for yourself, right? And Nicole knows I used to say yes to every project and every job and everything. And because I loved it, I really did. I didn't feel stressed. I didn't feel overworked. I felt like getting four or five hours of sleep was, it was totally enough until I realized how good I can feel not doing that. So now after all these years, I'm setting much different boundaries in my life. I think for me, it's, it all centers in the world of uh, discipline because I'm very much a, like, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, goofy little like dreamers, big dreams, big stuff. And like, if you want to try and get into the world of entertainment, like I am trying to do and have been trying to do, just look at anything you've ever seen from someone like Will Smith or The Rock or them. There's a reason why, or Kevin Hart, there's a reason why the most successful people all tell you those same things about discipline and the work and getting up and doing it and just like, you know, shut up and go or whatever. But because like you said earlier, like being a creative, my mind like kind of goes to different places when I'm thinking of stuff and having this as a center and a base keeps the discipline. So getting up, like I said, and, and knowing I have to go to the gym, this is the thing I need to do today to start. That's the anchor. And then it forces me to be disciplined in the other things that I'm doing too. And it just, it's almost like that daily reminder to remain disciplined in don't skip today and trying to write stuff or put together things that you're trying to create to build for your career. It just all comes back to, to the discipline that has, that's what's bled into other things that I do. Cause when I do fall off before, before I was on this long of a path and this strict of a path before, when I would fall off discipline everywhere else would fall off quickly. And then it was, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then I'll do it next week or whatever. I've got time. Now it's like, no, let's, co let's conquer it today. Let's do it today. Let's get it done. And that's where it's really, that bleeds into everything. You know, it's interesting you say that because I relate to that thinking of the big picture always. And I think if there's one thing that bodybuilding has taught me is mm -hmm. To focus on the day to day, because otherwise, without mm -hmm. the day to day, and like you're saying, we'll use the word discipline without the day to day things that you're doing for anything, your career, your fitness, your financial situation, your your whole life, your social, whatever it allows you to like you, you start to realize, like, if I don't do the day to day, the big picture doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly that. And it's almost that kind of paradigm shift and you start to think and you're like, hey, okay, I need to just do, focus on today. What do I need to do right now? And in your fitness journey as well, when you're getting in shape, it's I'm just taking it one day at a time. I'm focusing on today. And that's actually kind of funny because we sort of talked about that in the car today, heading to said gym um, <laughs> was I was talking about things within my career, right? Outside of fitness, within my career, if 
an outsider looked at what I've done or achieved, I guess, it might not seem like much to them. I can't say that I've, you know, been in movies or done this or done that. But behind the scenes, because of the day to day, if you're someone like Sarah, who's been sitting here since last year and saw where I was then and where I am now, behind the scenes, there is a massive difference. And opportunity wise and things that maybe the other people don't see or know and can't tell, it's a huge, huge difference. So sticking to that day-to-day focus makes it a lot easier to progress faster than if you think about the end game and just try to sprint to it. If you just keep taking each step, you'll get there. It, it, mm-hmm. it just is completely different. It's wild. It's exactly what you said. I yeah. think that you just made me think of another thing that I've learned on this fitness journey. Oh, did I? You did. You're welcome. <laughs> and that is that it's not me falling off. It's just part of the ebb and flow, right? Is that I know this is so cliche, but every experience is a learning experience, right? Every September, because I've been teaching for 13 years, every September, Mm. I know, every fall, I'm learning something and I'm growing and I'm progressing and I'm embracing every single success that I have in the gym. Every time I pick up a heavier weight, I'm celebrating in that moment. And every time I am able to hit a new PR, I'm celebrating that growth in that moment. And I'm learning to sort of appreciate the successes, the day-to-day successes yeah. mm-hmm. as, a, as a part of the big picture and the big success, right? Because again, if you look at, let's say aesthetics or my habits or my boundaries, whatever, how, having 10,000 things on my plate 10 years ago, as opposed to now, yes, you can see a lot of growth, but the day-to-day, it's still happening every single day. Another, like exactly what you just said, I think the perfect example that burns in my brain and Nicole, I don't know if you remember this, but you were, you're a part of this, <laughs> was when I started going back to the gym after the plague, um, well, which is COVID. apparently still going. <laughs> um, like once I started going back to the gym with Nicole's guidance, I remember, you know what everyone does, like looking around, seeing other people, what they're doing and what I can't. And there was a guy that like started doing pull weighted pull-ups with, you know, the belt and he's got all these weights hanging off with the chain. And I was like, that looks so badass. I wish I was <laughs> strong enough to do that. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be like at that point. And then literally just day to day, every day doing the little things, blah, 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 blah. And now today, like if I go do uh, pull-ups, they're all weighted because doing regular pull-ups oh, like, does not, but like, <laughs> But that's the thing. I never thought I would be that guy. And then here I am doing the weighted pull-ups. And the first time I did them, I was like, you know, I just realized this is what the first thing I was like, ah, that's never happening. And then it did not because I just like went to full sprint there and tried it. It's because I did the the day-to-day grind, the little things and just went along Mm -hmm. for the ride and kept the bigger picture in mind. And Mm -hmm. Now I'm doing them. Now you're the badass. <laughs> yeah. Celebrating <laughs> each moment of the journey too. Celebrating each moment of the journey when you text me from the gym. Oh my God, I just hit like this amount. On I the did spot. it. You did it. I did it. And I love being a part of those day-to-day celebrations. And that was definitely a pivotal moment in our relationship too, where we now had this thing that we could talk about and share and celebrate together. And our vacation, you know, prepping for a vacation nutritionally and workout wise, it just feels a lot different now. Yeah. 
I don't need to speak to Roan. This is my work right here. Let them talk. <laughs> it really the work is. speaks. The work speaks yeah, for where itself. It speaks for itself. How amazing. Seriously. I I do want to before we wrap up today, I want to, I want to talk about a couple of things. I think we have some social media handles to yeah. plug here. Yeah. yeah Where can we find you? Oh, mine is unimportant, but well, it, it is important, <laughs> woman. It it's important, girl. That last post that you put up of oh, your that's, true. that's your... true. I am I am working on getting better at social media. Uh my Instagram handle is yes, Miss E. Y E S. M I S S E, because my last name used to be start with an E, and my kids would call me Miss B M O the Prince, Bmo the Prince, everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff, everywhere. You want to find me? Just right there. Go Google it. You'll find me. Trust me. <laughs> and now I will say, Brian, your content is very special. Brian, yeah, we got to talk about it. it is. Brian puts up like I love the stuff with the skits with God talking to 2021 <laughs> and the millennials versus Gen Z, you know, kind of fighting it out and duking it out. And you've, you've attained quite a big following. So where are you at on TikTok now and uh, Instagram at this point? Uh, TikTok is almost like just shy of 2 million and Instagram's I just hit 330,000. That's huge. That's, That's insane. Huge. That that also to go back to that same day-to-day -day grind yeah. idea is when we when COVID started, I had lost um I lost my radio job. I couldn't DJ because you couldn't go to any clubs and I just had nothing to do. And Nicole was a part of that too. I was like I need something to control. That turned into fitness and that sort of brought me back to just being like, all right, I, I will figure this out. Let me just keep throwing crap against the wall and see what stuck. And the one thing I love is that I remember then sitting and just dying to try and get to 2000 followers. Cause I was like close and I was like, Oh my God, it'd be so cool. And then a year later, it's mind blowing to think that there are people that like, I have never met that like know me that appreciate stuff I've put out there. So it, it it's not a mistake that the fitness and the the creative success are parallel. It's not a mistake that they coincide like are right together on that. That's what I'm talking about. See? And oh man. I want to say that you're absolutely right about that because I did tell somebody that I told a friend of mine, you know, I, I got this this guy and his wife and you know they, they coach with us and they 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 work with Nicole and he's coming on the show. He's on TikTok and Instagram. He's BMO the Prince. And she's like, wait, wait, I know him. I follow him. And I'm like, <laughs> really? You know him? So it's it's it must be cool. Are you it's kidding? We have to I have to tell the story. Uh, this is the only this is the only time I'll speak. <laughs> <laughs> this is my speak time is as a trainer in the gym. People Brian will come in and we'll work out together and then he'll leave. And people will come up to me and go, that's the TikToks guy. That's the TikTok <laughs> star. And I'm like, at first I was like, but that's just Brian. He's my friend. Yeah. But yeah, I go, yeah, he is. And then I started going, that's the TikTok guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's him. It it's, is pretty, weird. it's pretty it is amazing. Weird. It's amazing. It's amazing to have that much reach. I think yeah. it's and I think, done such a great job. And and this has like nothing to do with anything, but this is what I like to tell people as my favorite part of the whole thing. And I think is the most important part of the whole thing. Being able to make people laugh to me is a blessing and a gift 
that like is truly like a God-given thing. And I feel like it's a responsibility to I have to like use it to try and make people the same way you try to make people feel better physically. Mine is just to try and give them something good for a day. And one of the examples is early on, I had someone message me on Facebook. I had no idea who this person was. And they were like, hey, I just wanted to say thanks. And I was like, cool, like for what? (laughs) And they were like, well, your video was the first thing I saw when I opened Facebook today. And it it made me laugh and it completely changed my attitude on my whole day and like really picked me up. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then he went on to tell me that it was because his day started where he buried his best friend. And then he was like, but being able to laugh took me from that like bad place Mm -hmm. and gave me the ability to like look at today as in a different way and more of a celebration of him and blah, blah, blah. And that's when I started to realize that there is real power and reach in being able to help other people and make other people feel better. And I think that's the biggest part that is cool about all of it. (laughs) That I think is the most important part. Nicole, I think we can add laughter to one of the primary foods. (laughs) Yeah, We should actually, oh my gosh, brilliant drone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should be a primary food. Thousand percent. Nicole, before we wrap up, I'm going to let you do the honors of rapid fire. Okay. So, So Nicole's going to ask you guys a few questions and you guys are just going to spit out the answers. Random questions by Nicole. Nothing too crazy. So first of all, okay, so let's start with who is the better cook? Sarah. Sarah. (laughs) Sarah. You guys are are pointed. pointed. (laughs) I am. Yes. Okay. And what is your favorite exercise? I'm going to say, what is your favorite exercise that I've programmed for you? individually like oh my god you got to pick one i i really love a good squat you know you all go. the variations of a squat okay stick with the fundamentals i don't know i, I like all of them um those atomic push-ups you learned today that we did today no, those will not be on the list those will not <laughs> decidedly not be on the list the favorite exercise that you have programmed for me is probably oh i can't even think of it now I don't know. Uh, let's just say some anything that has to do with shoulders. I very much oh, care yeah. about my shoulders. Yes, I love shoulders too. <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw in a couple of ones that uh, just off the cuff. What's your favorite um, exercise attire? Oh, easy. Project Rock, baby. All day. Blood, hey. sweat, respect. Do yep. the work. Iron Paradise. Um, <laughs> knockoffs I find on Amazon. Always. Yeah. Best. Okay. Although okay. Brian did get me um, a Gymshark gift card. And I do like their stuff now too. Yeah. What's your favorite meal individually, Sarah? Pizza all day, every day with a side of pizza. Is yes. that a meal? No. Pizza's a meal. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, fine. Oh, breakfast, I live in New York. Pizza's a meal. <laughs> that thing's a meal. <laughs> no, I'll go with breakfast and I'm very cliche with the bacon, the eggs, the hash browns and the pancakes. Mm-hmm. I would also say a bacon pizza with pineapple, but in the world of get a little, a little salt and sweet. It's lovely. Mm. But in the world of like actual like food, I quite literally could eat ground Turkey till I'm dead. Like just throw, (laughs) throw a little pasta on it, a little pasta sauce, throw a little pasta in there. And I'm, I could eat that till I literally die. Pizza with pineapple. That's it's so good. I'm not, it's so good. That's the controversial. (laughs) Yeah. Do pineapples belong on pizza? But 
I don't think I, I don't really enjoy pineapple pizza. It has to have bacon on it too. Yeah. It's the that, combination that changes it. Yeah. I, don't, I feel like you guys are ruining a good pizza. No, you got to try <laughs> it on your fruit loss challenge here, Daron. Get the pineapple. And bacon. Uh, yeah, yeah that'll, that'll work. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian and Sarah, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I think you guys have a lot to offer our audience from your experiences. And I'm really happy that you guys came on and that we did this. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, share this with a friend, write a review, and you'll hear us next week. 